So the first step that I um, usually encourage people to take uh, is with their food simply, right? So in nutritional therapy, we have the foundations and we have the consequences. And so consequences are usually the things that we experience that like make us want to make the changes, right? Like hormonal imbalance, uh, stomach issues, allergies, like the things that externally cause problems, but aren't the actual problem. Um, and then we have the foundations, which is going to be one is just simply the food you're putting into your body. Um, and then the second most important one uh, is going to be digestion. So I and, and gut health, they go hand in hand. So that's usually where I start with most of my clients is, you know, you've heard you are what you're, you eat. And that is mostly true. Um, but I would adjust it to be you are what you digest because you can be eating all of the best things. But if your body isn't able to digest them and use them, uh, then it, it's, I'm not going to say it's not going to matter because it does matter, but it's, it's still going to be harder for you to achieve um, optimal health. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and fad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kelsey. Oh, my God. We had a super smart guest on this week. <laughs> super smart. <laughs> Her it, it intelligence was literally making me uncomfortable. Like I was comfortable <laughs> by how much smarter she is than me. I was like fumbling over my words. Like I don't know any words as much as Chelsea does. I mean, it's like we're like the words were not coming, and I was uh she wow. Wow, she was super smart. Super smart. I'm so excited for you guys to hear about all of her intelligent things that she has to offer you this week. And we were really lucky to have her on as a guest talking about nutrition. Yay. We love it. So first of all, I only want to get nutrition advice from people that make me uncomfortable because they're so smart because like – Literally, this is like the the fuel that I'm putting in my body to make it run. And if you aren't freaking well versed on that, I don't want to hear from you. That's A. And B, um, who doesn't love a good nutrition episode? I mean, this is like this is the shit that we need to really maximize our life here on the planet and feel our best and get the most out of our fitness. And like those, those things that we always discuss, like that chronic pain that, you know, those hormone imbalances, the the things that we look at and say, geez, you know, this is really in, what else? Here we go with the words. <laughs> this is what word you looking for? Wasn't the word I was looking for? God damn it! But I'll go with limiting because I can't find the other word. Chelsea would know. Chelsea would know the word. It's really limiting, you know, what I can do here, like my life and how full and robust it can be. And if we could find some answers to that 
simply through the foods that is going into our body, like let's go, right? Let's go. Let's get into it. Hope you enjoy this episode. Enjoy it. Chelsea's great. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We have a very special guest on here tonight or today. This is definitely the daytime for us. Oh, damn. <laughs> I'm moving right to night. Rough start. You want to just get to Friday night? <laughs> this day is over. We're going to Friday night. Margaritas. Um, <laughs> we have Chelsea Mancini on with us today, and she is our nutrition specialist for today. So we're really excited to get into an awesome nutrition episode with you guys this is a topic that I really feel, you know, we can't we can't get enough of nutrition, right? Because it's ever evolving. Um, but I first saw Chelsea on Move Fitwell's live, and I was kind of like listening in the background, and I heard how she got into nutrition, and I was like, oh, I gotta hear, I gotta hear more from her. So welcome, Chelsea. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, we're so happy to have you. So the first thing I wanted to just kind of get our listeners acquainted with you a little bit, um, what is your um, like nutrition specialty? Can you give a little background on that and what it means? Totally. So I am a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. Um, so what we do as nutritional therapy practitioners is we like to take um, a really foundational approach to nutrition. Um, so it's a little bit different than just saying, eat these things, don't eat these things. Um, we take a very indiv individualistic approach. So every client I work with, uh, the recommendations I have for that person are going to be different because it's based on their unique biology. Um, our, our term that we really use is bio-individuality. So what one person is going to need is going to be different from what another person needs. And that's based on, you know, a multitude of factors, their genetics, sure, um, but also the, you know, their environment that they're in and the way they grew up and and things like that. So we take a look at each person individually um, and we take a deep dive. So I look um, at their foundational health systems. How are they functioning? Do they need help? Do they need support? Um, what nutrients, what minerals is their body requesting based on what they're experiencing? Um, and then from there, we can bring it up to the bigger picture of, okay, what things should I be eating? Um, but we really like to take an inside out approach and focus more specifically on the individual and their unique experience. Oh, I oh, love girl. it. Girl. Girl. <laughs> if you weren't sold on Chelsea in the first two minutes of this episode, I mean, I don't know what to tell you because we have here a person who is going to feed you based on your uniqueness as a human. I mean, like there is nothing more that I could get behind than like we are all so unique and so individual in our needs. And the fact of, you know, that we're all going to just eat the exact same things to be healthy is so absurd. So um, it's just, it's such, ref it's so refreshing. It's so refreshing. Um, Chelsea, what interested you initially about this practice? Like, did you have, you know, any of your own pain or digestive issues that you were dealing with that led you to get like sort of more involved in this? Yeah, great question. Um, so, you know, my, my journey in the, the health and fitness field has been pretty long and, and twisty. Um, but as a, a teenager, 
Um, I, you know, I was always athletic. I was always into movement and fitness and playing sports. Um, and I, I mean, I ate a pretty typical American diet as a kid. You know, my parents worked full time. Uh, so I was pretty responsible for having to feed myself, which meant a lot of like mac and cheese and ramen noodles and, you know, things like that. Um, and in high school, I dealt with a lot of stomach pain. Um, it was like every time I ate, I would have these terrible, terrible stomach cramps, terrible gas, which is like embarrassing when you're a teenager in high school. Um, and I always dealt with uh, like period cramps that were, they seemed like they were much worse than they should be um, and skin issues. And then when I got to college, everything just kind of multiplied, right? Because in college you go on like, you know, the natty ice diet. Um, so my, you know, my skin, my stomach, I've of course gained, you know, a bunch of weight because I wasn't playing high school sports anymore. Um, and those things were pretty constant throughout m most of my adult life. Like I, I, it's hard for me to remember a time when I didn't have bloating and stomach pain and gas. Um, and, you know, even post-college when I kind of got back on my health kick, you know, I was able, definitely able to lose weight, you know, the weight that I had gained in college, but I was still dealing with this, this stomach pain and these skin issues. Um, and it took, you know, um, I first found paleo. That was kind of my first dip of the toes into this, you know, more foundational nutrition basis. I had a lot of success with, um, with ruling out grains. Uh, my stomach definitely improved, um, but my skin not so much. Um, and, you know, the kind of the, the deeper I, I went, um, you know, I eventually kind of came across the nutritional therapy um, program and it talked all about, you know, just this concept, right? Like if foundational systems are out of whack, it's going to manifest in different ways. And um, the way inflammation appears in people is, is always different, right? You're unique. Um, for me, it's been the stomach and the skin issues. Um, and I just lived with them. Like I was like, well, other, you know, other people get bloated all the time. Other people have acne. It's probably just because I don't do a 20 step skincare routine. So that's my own fault. Um, but then I started putting it together. Oh, maybe four or five years ago, I had this um, instance where I had this crazy reaction on my face. Like I had these circles, these dark red circles around my eyes and my mouth, like my lips were cracked uh, for like a, a month um, and it was painful. And I started noticing it would like heal a little bit because it would hurt too bad for me to eat much. Um, and then when I would start eating the typical things again, or, you know, I would have a beer, I would have some pasta, like it would flare up again. Um, and I eventually went to the dermatologist and I said, Hey, like, I'm noticing that when I eat these things, it seems to get worse. Um, and the dermatologist said to me, um, well, that's not the case because what you eat doesn't affect your skin. And I remember just feeling like that was so wrong. Like I was like, there's no way that's true because this is what I'm experiencing. Like I'm not, I know I'm not crazy. Um, and that's when I was like, I, I have to figure this out. And so I dove more into learning about the nutritional therapy program. And um, I, I, you know, I followed a lot of people who already went through it and, you know, started kind of taking their nutrition tips and, and things like that. And then eventually um, healed myself quite a bit, started working with um, a functional medicine doctor who took this approach. You know, she got me on some nutrients. We focused on healing my gut. Um, and the problems cleared up. And so I was like, this is, this is it. Like, this is everything. Like if I could tell more people that like, they don't have to feel like 
shit. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear. Absolutely. Um, All day. Great. <laughs> great. Um, like it, like it, it's, it can be simple. Like I, you don't have to feel like shit. And like if I can heal these problems that I've literally been experiencing for 10 plus years, other people can too. Um, and so, yeah, that's really kind of what, what drove me to want to do what I do. Isn't it wild how a doctor like um, that's looking at your skin and getting feedback from you saying like, hey, I've even noticed when I consume these things that I'm having some type of reaction and they can say like what you're eating is not going to affect your skin. Like sometimes the shit that comes out of a dermatologist or any type of doctor's mouth, I'm like, are you kidding me? Because I know that if I have a night of drinking and I work out the next day, I can smell booze coming out of my <laughs> Literally, yeah. <laughs> That's vodka? Jesus. Like, so I must I- have been later in the night. <laughs> I know, totally. and that's like, it. <laughs> that's something like I've 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 come to more of a place of acceptance. You know, I don't like to trash Western medicine because it definitely serves its place. You know, if I get in a car accident and I'm near death, like definitely take me to the hospital, not the chiropractor. Um, and like, but I I do. It's just you know, and and doctors are they're taught so many things, and you know they have to focus on certain things. You know, so I don't like to to totally rash them, but I do like to encourage people to ask questions. And like, know that like, get a second opinion, uh, get multiple opinions, like find someone who's willing at the bare minimum to listen to what you have to say, because if they're just saying, nope, that can't be possible. And here's this cream for something you didn't even ask about, like, that's a problem. So when it when it comes to that, like, you just have to find someone who's willing to listen to you and your experience. Well, it's like you said, you know, I know I'm not crazy. And it's like you having that confidence is, you know, what is a driving factor to seek out, you know, some different alternative knowledge than what you've been given for feedback. But I think a lot of people start second guessing themselves and saying, well, maybe I am crazy. I mean, this is a professional who's telling me that that's not possible and they know a lot more than me. So, you know, maybe I am crazy. Maybe I am making all of this up. And I think that the real be all end all is that you have to have enough confidence in your ability of knowing your own body to say like, you know what? I'm going to seek out this. I know what I'm feeling and I know that these symptoms are real and I'm confident in that. And so I'm going to seek out knowledge that feeds that and not just sort of like, well, I guess I'm the lunatic here in the scenario. In your and, own body. You know. <laughs> You're a lunatic in totally. your own body. <laughs> you don't know what you feel totally. anymore. I know. And it's hard. And I, you know, I think, you know, for, for females, especially, you know, and we're told things like, I remember another instance when I went in, you know, to like a new meeting for uh, just to get a, you know, a general, whatever they're called, PCP and, um, you know, and I'm and I'm uh, an athletic person, and I'm a type that puts on muscle really easily. Um, God bless. Um, but my, you know, so you look at my BMI, and it it says I'm obese. And I remember her looking in my face and telling me that I could afford to lose some weight, and just being like, okay, this is when I have officially lost faith in the uh, in the medical system because like that's obviously not the case as you look at me. So like the fact that you would even say that and like how many women go in and their doctor says that to them and they feel like they're the problem, you know, when they're really not. So that's yeah, that's definitely something I can go on a tangent about all day, but <laughs> alas, I will let us um move on to some other topics and just <laughs> encourage um and, you know, you got to you got to you are your own 
you are the one experiencing this body. So like you totally need to feel okay to ask questions and like get the answers that you need. Yeah, be your biggest advocate. And I love that you brought that up because so many, so many, so many women um, that in our group have come back from the doctor and been like, I have gotten my BMI and now I have this information that I feel like just spit out from a computer and not actually looking at me and as a person and taking that into account is just absurd. So that brings me into my next question that um, we know that so many people are focused on dieting for the purpose of losing weight for the purpose Mm -hmm. of weight loss. How does your philosophy differ from diet trends um, that women are hit with every day? I mean, we can just flip down, like scroll down our screen and we'll see 10 new diet trends for women and they're, seem to be just solely focused on weight loss. Um, so how does your philosophy kind of differ from that? Sure, totally. Um, you know, and I think a, a lot of what led me into nutrition was the fact that I myself wanted to lose weight for so long, you know. Um, and I think wanting to lose weight is a fine goal. Like, I don't think there's any shame in it. Um, the approach that I like to take, yeah, like I said, is, is a more inside out approach. And so sometimes things like a keto approach or a paleo approach, they can definitely be beneficial. Um, I just think it's important to remember that most of the time those things are going to be temporary. Most things are going to be temporary. There's an ebb and flow to nutrition. There are going to be times when your body needs more of something and times when it needs more of something else. Um, And so my job is to figure out what the body needs right now. Um, And so I don't like to be dogmatic. Um, I try to stay away from that as, as best as I can. You know, there are, for example, I, I know I don't do well with gluten, but some people do, and some of those gluten-containing foods can be beneficial to them. So it's really all about figuring out, figuring out what the person needs. Um, I usually take a nutrient-first uh, approach. So like literally, what vitamins and minerals do you need? Um, we do do some food journaling. So I'm looking at their protein, carb, fat intake, overall calorie intake. Those things are, of course, still factors. Um, you know, and we might talk more or less about them depending on the client and their goals. Um, but for the most part, you know, if someone comes to me wanting to lose weight, that's great, but we're usually going to have a more in-depth conversation about, you know, if, if they've been having trouble, uh, why, and why it might be more important to start with, you know, supporting some of these foundational systems first. And usually when we do that, you know, when we just are aiming to improve, literally the health of our body and give it the support that it needs, weight loss will usually come from that, right? Um, But so I try not to be dogmatic. It's not going to be the same approach every single time. Um, Sometimes we work in principles from some of these fads because, you know, obviously they work in some scenarios um, depending on the person. Um, so it just takes being open-minded, um, you know, and if somebody comes to me and that, you know, they, they haven't been eating carbs for months and months, we're going to kind of talk about that. And, um, you know, and we usually have to address some of the kind of stigma and like the fear um, around like, if I eat a carb, I'll gain weight and, um, and things like that. And we, we just, I just like to go through the science and the facts, like, here's why 
any, these things can be beneficial for your body. Here's why these things might not be beneficial for your body. Um, and, and here's the framework that we're going to work around. Again, that's, that's unique to you. Um, because you can follow a list of rules all day, but if it's not the blueprint for your body, then it's not going to be as effective as you want it to be. Oh my God. I love that. Like you can have a list of rules, but if it, if they aren't the rules for your body and they're designed for someone else's body, it, it's not going to matter. I mean, until you're blue in the face, you can follow those rules and you're not going to see what you want. I think that is so, um, that's just amazing. That's, I, I love that philosophy. And, um, And I think a lot of our listeners can really benefit from, you know, hearing that because we have, you know, tried so many diet. I mean, the average woman goes on like four diets a year, you know, (laughs) we've tried so many things and it's all with good intentions of like, how can I maximize my nutrition and how can I, you know, see the body that I am envisioning in the mirror that is a healthy body that has a, you know, a lower body fat percentage. And um, I just think that, you know, people are so willing to do anything. But if we stop and think for a second, like, is this the blueprint for me? That's a really powerful question to ask. So, um, Chelsea, we speak to a lot of people who suffer from chronic pain or chronic illnesses. Um, In your opinion, do you think pain and symptoms that are um, that have been categorized as as chronic can be alleviated by using a nutritional therapy model? Um, I do. Uh, In general, I do. Uh, The the answer to the answer to most questions I get asked is always uh, it depends. Maybe. Um, but um, ch- chronic basically means that it's been happening for a long time. Um, that doesn't mean that it can't be healed. You know, every chronic condition is going to be slightly different and have different nuances. But if we are supporting our body, when it comes to chronic pain, the root of that is inflammation. The body is inflamed and it is responding to that inflammation and that, you know, the body's purpose, it's always trying to stay alive. So the pain we experience, while it might suck for us externally, is our body trying to do us a solid um, and, and keep us moving and keep us alive. So if we can alleviate the inflammation, if we can find the source of what is causing that and we can support it, then we should be able to see that resolve. Um, and a lot of times, chronic pain, especially just, you know, in the American culture comes down to your body needing nutrients. It doesn't have what it needs to be able to anti-inflame, to be able to make things do function the way they're supposed to, you know, and, and say for autoimmune disorders, like those can be a little bit different. Those are nuanced a little bit differently. And there are other factors, you know, not everything, is going to be able to like go back to, to square, to square one. Um, but I do believe that most anything can be improved significantly with lifestyle changes and with support of the body, you know, and a nutrient focused, uh, diet. Absolutely. That's, that's an excellent, (laughs) in my opinion, that's an excellent answer. I think that that resonates with so many people, me, especially like I know, there's one thing that I hope that our listeners can hear 
Um, and it is like sometimes when you're experiencing these things, when you're experiencing pain or when it comes to your skin or whatever, you don't know how good you could feel with some of the changes that you can make. And that is something that has really rung true in my life and one of my experiences that I want to, like you, Chelsea, like yell from the rooftops. Like I never knew that I could feel this good. I never Mm -hmm. knew that clarity, that the clarity that my brain could experience by changing some things out in my diet or even like, Mm -hmm. you know, even as I found, you know, being an athlete and what, you know, that looked like for me and making changes to my diet, how pain and inflammation could go down for me or how I needed to carry actually a little bit higher of a body fat percentage for me personally to experience less pain. Mm -hmm. And like that is just that you you couldn't tell that by looking at, you know, a, a person or even, um, you know, you would think like, oh, you were your healthiest at that point because it looks like this. No, no, no. For me, I'm experiencing less pain when I am actually at a higher body fat percentage and functioning mm-hmm. this way. And I just like, I want to just yell that to everyone because I think it's so, so important for everyone to hear that they can feel better. I know. And that's like, that's the tough thing is you, you experiencing you experience something for for so long, like you just begin to accept it as fact, and and the outside world experiences it too, and it's fact for them. So it's like, well, this is just how it is. Like like all those memes, of, I don't know about like turning thirty and like instantly your back throws out, right? Like like they're funny, yeah, but they also kind of drive me up a wall because I'm like, that doesn't have to be the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can still you can still feel good and be healthy even as you age. You can still you know, you can make these changes. And, and that's, that's the thing is, is I like to speak with my clients, you know, kind of about their, their language with themselves, because it may take some changes. It may take some changes that you maybe don't like really want to make. And like, that's entirely up to you. Like you're a full blown adult. You don't have to go eat these things and stop eating these things. No one's going to force it on you, but you're the one in the driver's seat. And so if it's uncomfortable enough and you really want to change it, then we can, it just might take doing some things that aren't at first glance, what you really want to do. A hundred percent. Yeah. As long as you have the information, you're an adult, you make a decision from there. So let's say that I'm someone wanting to get started on using nutrition as a means to optimize my health. Where Mm -hmm. would I begin? Like what would be my first step? So the first step that I um, usually encourage people to take uh, is with their food simply, right? So in nutritional therapy, we have the foundations and we have the consequences. And so consequences are usually the things that we experience that like make us want to make the changes, right? Like hormonal imbalance, uh, stomach issues, allergies, like the things that externally cause problems, but aren't the actual problem. Um, And then we have the foundations, which is going to be One is just simply the food you're putting into your body. Um, And then the second most important one uh, is going to be digestion. So I, and and gut health, they go hand in hand. So that's usually where I start with most of my clients is, you know, you've heard you are what you eat and that is mostly true, um, but I would adjust it to be you are what you digest because you can be eating all of the best things, but if your body isn't able to digest them and use them, uh, then it, it's, I'm not going to say it's not going to matter because it does matter, but it's, it's still going to be harder for you to achieve um, optimal health. So step one is just to eat the good foods, right? Eat the real foods. 
Um, in general, you're, you're probably not going to be wrong if you focus on whole food, carbohydrates, um, vegetables, fruits, and then your proteins, diverse protein sources. Um, some people can handle refined carbohydrates better than others, but when in doubt, I would say it might be best to avoid them at least for a time and see what happens. Um, and then maybe they can be worked back in um, to some degree and you'll be, you'll be good. Um, but the focus is eating the real food. That's step one. And then step two is digesting the real food and making sure that the gut is intact. Um, so the simplest tip I usually like to give people when it comes to improving their digestion um, is to simply focus on chewing and like be aware when they're eating. Um, because how many of us are rushing through our meals, we're, we're eating when we're doing other things, we're not really paying attention. And what happens in that scenario, um, digestion is controlled by the central nervous system. It's controlled by the brain. And if your brain doesn't have time to send the signal to your body, I'm eating, you need to digest because it's focusing on answering emails or other things, um, then your digestion is going to be impacted. Your body's not going to break down the food properly, which is going to cause irritation um, in the gut, which is usually what bloating feels like. Um, it's ir irritation in that small in intestine, and we're not going to absorb the actual nutrients from the food we're eating. So can you take five deep breaths before you eat, even if you like absolutely have to be doing other things. Can you take five deep breaths before you eat? Can you try to chew each bite of your food 30 times? Maybe put your fork down in between bites um, and just slow down and let your body digest your food. And that's going to be a difference maker. Um, and that's going to be the first step to take. Oh my gosh. I, that was for me. I, uh, that is just mind blowing. You are what you eat. Yeah, sure. But you actually are what you digest. Yeah. That was, I, I've just, um, I've never heard it put that way. And I just absolutely am in love with that because, you know, it's so true. We are so, so concerned with what's going in sometimes, but not how it's going in. And I had no idea about, you know, the brain sending the signal to digest. That's really amazing information. And, you know, ultimately the food is only as good as the nutrients that we absorb from it. So that's, yeah, yeah 30 times. Oh my God, I don't chew anywhere near 30 times. I know. Most people don't. <laughs> <laughs> but so that's the, the chewing is like, the, so step one, your brain has to tell your body to digest. Step two is like your, your mouth is supposed to start breaking down your food, like your saliva and the chewing is like step one of, of food breakdown. So if we just are like skipping that step and swallowing right away, then that's like already we're throwing a wrench into the digestive process. So um, yeah, I do say 30 chews. If by trying to chew 30 times, you chew 20 times and it's more than the five you were, then you're going to be in a better scenario, right? Hell yeah. We're making small improvements to make big improvements. Yeah. Um, okay. So as far as now, obviously the whole entire model is that there there is no sort of one size fits all. Mm -hmm. um, but do, do we have like sort of a basic knowledge of any foods that commonly cause inflammation in the body? Like what do um, inflammatory foods look like for most people? Like how can we um, in general be avoiding some of the more inflammatory foods? What should totally. we eat less of? 
So um, in general, where we're going to see inflammation with foods is the most common, um, you know, inflammatory foods are going to be your gluten, um, your dairy. Um, in some people, it corn can possibly be pretty inflammatory, especially if, um, if you do have a gluten intolerance because they're pretty um, similar and often cross-reactive. Um, soy can be, um, can be one. Uh, and I'd say those are the biggest. I feel like there's something I'm missing. Gluten, dairy, soy, corn. Um, and then we get into like sometimes depending on like how inflamed you are, we can start to see a problem with things like nuts and seeds and raw vegetables. Um, but I, but d probably not like, don't stop eating your salads and your nuts, like keep going. That's going to be something that kind of manifests later. Um, but I usually do well in sugar, right? Sugar is just wreaks havoc on your blood sugars, re blood sugar regulation system. So, um, in terms of where to start, I, I do encourage people to uh, start by limiting the sugar intake so that blood sugar regulation can kind of get back into its swing and refined carbohydrates in general. So the pastas, the breads, the ones that are just, they're just not particularly nutrient dense, but they are caloric. So if we can eat, you know, however many calories we're going to eat. And even if it's the amount that we are supposed to be needing, but then we feel like we're still hungry because our, our body still needs nutrients, right? It's like, I didn't get everything I actually need. And that's when we see ourselves overeating um, and gaining weight yeah. commonly. Um, but so I usually encourage people to start by limiting the refined carbohydrates and the sugar. Um, if from there uh, they feel comfortable eliminating gluten altogether, um, that's, I'd say, going to remove a lot of the inflammation. And I, and I do want to stress that like this could be temporary. Like it doesn't have to be the whole rest of your life, um, but it is a decision that you can make to start to move the needle. Because what happens with chronic, like you said, chronic inflammation is if you're if you haven't been chewing for 15 years and your small intestine is just worn down, anything can be inflammatory. Um, whether it's an apple or a donut. So removing the things that are going to cause the most inflammation and giving your stomach time to heal. And then a lot of times, as long as we implement the good habits and we make sure we're chewing, we make sure we have all the nutrients we need, like then we can add in the things that don't necessarily provide great nutrient benefit, but they provide emotional joy, right? And we just like to eat them. Um, so by removing things, at least temporarily, it might mean that we can keep them in our diet for a longer period of time before it becomes a bigger problem. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I you know, we talk to women about this all the time is that you do need to give yourself some time to heal. And I think yeah. that's a really important point for everyone to just hear because when you make a change, so when you make a change that's kind of um, drastic and you, it, the first week or the first two days feels like a year, right? Because you're kind of mm -hmm. thinking about it all the time and you're making these these changes to your diet and it feels like it's a lot longer than it is. And there's that like period in between where you might be a little bit, if you've increased like your veggie intake, you might be a little bit more gassy or whatever. 
but like mm-hmm. your stomach and your digestive system needs time to heal. So you've mm-hmm. gone from this super processed diet to now trying to make some changes and you're like, well, why, why am I not responding right away? We got to, we got to take a breath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got to take our, we got to take our 30 chews. you know, to like give your stomach some time to really adjust to this new lifestyle that you're trying to put and give it some, give it a chance to work. So we talked about some, some inflammation foods and on the flip side of that, what are some foods that, um, combat inflammation? Like what might those look like and what should we be eating maybe some more of? And I know that (laughs) therapeutic foods, we like to call them. Um, Yeah. So I have different, like I have lists and lists of therapeutic foods to support this, to support this, to to support this. Um, The ones that I really love to recommend in general, um, bone broth is a really great gut healer. Um, It's really nutrient dense. It's collagen rich. It has a lot of the things that our, our gut tissue needs to heal, you know, so whether it's drinking a little bit of bone broth, I know some people who will like cook their um, rice in it or add it, you know, to dishes like that. That's a great therapeutic food. Um, Beets are a favorite of mine. They're very great for the liver and supporting the digestion of um, the fats that we eat in our, in our diet. So yeah, we're eating our guac, we're eating our avocados, our good fats, but we still need to be able to digest it. Um, And in order to do that, we need to support the liver. So beets um, are really good for supporting the liver. Um, if you don't like beets, that's okay. Don't force don't force it if you don't like it. Um, but lemon is also great. So lemon in the water, lemon in the salad dressing. Um, it helps stimulate stomach acid production, and it also helps support the liver. Um, and then we get into like the fermented foods, like your kimchi, your sauerkraut. Um, fermented foods are very good for the gut. Um, they feed the little gut microbiome that we've got going on down there, um, so that they can grow and then our fiber. So our, um, bitter greens. So this is my favorite. So, um, there's a lot of good research out there on the effect of bitter foods on our body's digestive system. And to me, it just makes so much sense, right? Thousands of years ago, when we were evolving as a human species, sugar didn't exist yet. Um, and we didn't have a lot of the cooking methods that we do now. So foods were pretty bitter. So our our central nervous system, our brain, responds well to that bitter cue. Um, so there are um, herbal tinctures out there. So I use a brand called Urban Moonshine Digestive Bitter um, before I eat to kind of help stimulate the digestive system. But you can also do that in the form of more bitter greens. So your kale, your chard, um, dandelion greens are another great one, you know, working those in. It definitely takes some getting used to because we are, we're used to things just being, even if we don't necessarily have a sweet tooth, we are still used to things having that more mild sweetness to them. Um, So working in some of the bitter foods can help stimulate digestion. Um, And then, like I said, from the beginning, you know, if we're eating whole foods, focusing on the vegetables, the fruits, and diverse proteins. And I do really like to stress diverse proteins because I I think we have gotten away from this in the health world, um, but there is still a little bit of this fear of these like more fatty meats. Um, But your chicken's great, but please also work in, you know, your steak from time to time, um, the fish, 
we, we like to have those diverse protein sources. They're going to have slightly different amino acid profiles. They're going to have slightly different fatty acid profiles. Um, and we need all of those things, right? Those are all of the things that, that we would eat as we evolved. We didn't only eat chicken, right? So it's good to just keep things diverse, um, keep things as close to the ground as possible, as least processed as possible, right? Um, and, uh, and just, yeah. That's really, I guess, the, the biggest things. But those adding in things like the bitters. Um, and then the other thing, actually, I there are some teas. Like herbs are very therapeutic for the body. So there's a brand of teas called traditional medicinals that you can grab at Stop and Shop or Whole Foods. Um, if you're a tea drinker, I really love their dandelion root um, because it's, it's that bitterness that really helps support our digestion. And they have one called Everyday Detox that has a lot of herbs that are, are supportive of the liver and liver function. So those are some things you can kind of try adding in. Oh, I'd love to um, link in the show notes some of your favorites as far totally. as, you know, the teas and, um, you know, just certain things that like I, you mentioned, you know, you drink that better tea before a meal to help support your digestion. We can definitely link those things in the show notes so that our um, our listeners can get an idea of where to get them and what you recommend. That would be so great. Totally. Um, so we have a obviously our our audience is um, mainly women. And what we are starting to see in the field of women's health is a lot of hormonal imbalances. And um, a lot of times we're hearing from different sources that these are a hindrance to weight loss or Mm -hmm. to fat loss or to just general overall health. Um, Can changing your nutrition help to balance the hormones in your body without maybe the use of medication? Like, is there- Totally. Oh, yes. Um, I I have a few clients that I'm working with on this specifically right now. When it comes to hormone imbalance is one of the things we call a consequence. So most of the hormones in our system are conjugated. They're made from fatty acids. So the fats we eat hopefully get digested. And then once they get digested, they do a bunch of different things. One of the most important things they do is they become our hormones. Um, So the first step is, of course, making sure there's an adequate um, source of fats in the diet. The A couple things um, I I usually like to address in that regard is if we're eating a lot of conventionally raised meats, so, you know, maybe we can't necessarily afford to buy everything grass-fed or organic or whatever, um, and that's the reality of it sometimes, that's fine, but we want to account for that. So conventionally raised meat, excuse me, tends to have a higher uh, omega-6 profile um, than omega-3s. The ratio can be anywhere from like it can go from like 25 omega-6 to 1 omega-3. And ideally in the body, they're one-to-one. So when possible, we want to buy those grass-fed, you know, locally farmed, pasture-raised meats. If that's not possible, then we probably want to look at supplementing an an omega-3 supplement, um, which can be very therapeutic and beneficial to the body or other good sources of fatty acids, which will include, like I throw some flax seeds on my salad. Um, We can just make sure that like the oils we're using for cooking are um, high burn point, right? Olive oil is great, but it's actually not the best. If you're cooking on the stovetop, it starts to rancidify and break down. So we want to lean into the coconut oil and the ghee um, and the butter a little bit more and make sure we've got that stuff going on. 
Um, the other important factor in hormone balance is liver support. So when we get those fatty acids and they need to be made into the hormones, that happens in our liver. And then the, the real big thing I see um, commonly with hormonal imbalance is that once we use the hormone and it's done doing its job, we need our body to then be able to get, to get rid of it. Um, and that also happens in the liver. So the liver is our main detoxifier. It's an organ that does 500 different jobs in the body. Um, and so if it is stressed and it, and, it get, and it gets backed up, that's when we see those things start to become problems. If our liver can't break down our hormones and then get rid of them, then they're just going to be floating around like a toxin in our bloodstream. And that's that's not what we want. So and then, you know, the, the, the thing that we can see happen is kind of like catch 22 is we start on the drugs, but then our liver is responsible for processing those drugs. And so it's another job that it has to do. Um, so with people who are struggling with hormonal imbalance, we usually do a, like to aggressive, aggressively support the liver. Um, and so an, another thing that I do in my nutritional therapy practice is we talk a lot about smart supplementation and because sometimes we just can't get everything from our diet and we do need to add in targeted supplements, which are nutrients, you know, they're not these, you know, crazy fat loss pills and things like that. They're nutrients that our body needs that we're having trouble getting from our food. Um, so we want to aggressively support the liver and we can do that with the food we eat. We can do that, um, with getting some extra nutrients in, and we can do that by removing things that cause stress like the refined carbohydrates. Um, because the other job our liver does is it regulates our blood sugar. It helps with that process. And so if our blood sugar is all over the place, cause we're eating a lot of sugar and a lot of crap foods, then that's just one more thing that's, that's stressing it out. So um, the liver is like the the MVP organ of the body, yes. especially when it comes to hormone balance. So we uh, we just want to make sure that it has it, we we treat it nicely. Thank you, liver, for you know detoxifying this alcohol that I'm drinking, doing all the things. I appreciate you. Um, we want to give it some support. Oh, I love that. I love. Can't live without your liver. You can't live without your liver. <laughs> you literally cannot. You cannot. <laughs> And all of these adjustments that we can make, you know, to our daily habits and what we're ingesting, um, you know, sometimes before we turn to medication to, you know, look at those hormone imbalances, that's like, I want to yell that one from the rooftops because yes, I've, I've had trouble with that one and they've just um, – it's it's when it finally evens out, you're like, oh my god, <laughs> like yeah. I, I could could have not felt quite as crazy <laughs> for a little while there. Sorry to everyone around me, but I could have felt not quite as crazy. Um, but you really touched on something I wanted to hit um, for our next question, which which was supplementation. Right now, mm -hmm. um, you know, BCAs protein has a big market right now. They're pushing hard. So what mm -hmm. would you say to someone just starting out their journey and looking to maximize um, their body through supplementation? Totally. Um, I, th I think supplements are great. I love supplements. I really do. They can take a good healthy routine and really amplify it. But that's just the thing is they're not a band-aid. You can't, you know, eat a shit diet and live a shit lifestyle and then just take supplements and be good. Like it's, it starts with food first. It starts with habits first. 
Um, and then once that once that is you know good to go, the supplements can really 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 help. Um, so uh, I think you know BCAAs, protein, they all definitely have their place, especially for people more athletically inclined. They aren't necessarily the the first ones that I get my clients on. Um, depending on their goals. Um, we're usually looking, again, more on like a, a nutrient level. Um, and I would rather first, you know, with BCAAs, right, those are, you know, the amino acids that we need that our, our body can't make. I just first want to make sure that this person is digesting their protein. Um, and if they're having problem digesting their protein, that's what we need to address first before then starting on a BCAA supplement. Totally. I, I want to... So analogy, an analogy we've used for supplementation in the past is, you know, when you're looking at um, supplements before you've had a hard look at your diet and nutrition is yeah. like cutting your grass when your house, house is on fire. It's totally. like we haven't looked, we haven't gotten the baseline for your diet and nutrition and your sleep and all of the other things in place yet. And we're just we're cutting the grass, <laughs> you know? Totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So usually it is a conversation that for, for most of my clients, we do have in our initial consultation, like an initial consultation, we dive really deep into what's going on, what nutrients they need. And we talk about how we're going to do that with our food actions and then what nutrients we might want to um, add in. So some of the ones that I, I do most commonly add in, especially for my female clients, magnesium is a pretty big one. Um, magnesium is really important in the menstrual cycle. If you find yourself significantly craving chocolate, especially around your menstrual cycle, um, it usually means that we could use some magnesium. Uh, magnesium is a nutrient that's really um, concentrated in chocolate. So that's why your body craves it. Um, so I usually do like to add in some magnesium. It's also, it's a muscle relaxer. So if you're having a lot of cramps, like if you're waking up with Charlie horses in the middle of the night, um, that usually comes down to magnesium. Um, another common thing I'll have clients add in is, is electrolytes. Um, I do talk with a lot with my clients about hydration and, you know, which, first we want to make sure we're drinking enough water, but if we are, uh, we need to make sure again that we're absorbing the water, right? So if you're drinking all the water and you're peeing every 30 minutes and your urine is clear, I know that some people are like, yes, I'm hydrated, but that actually just means that the water's really not doing anything. It's just flowing straight through your body. Um, we do want the urine to have a little bit of color to it because that means that it's excreting toxins along with the water. And that's, you know, one of its jobs. Um, so if that's happening, then we talk about adding in electrolytes because um, the electrolyte minerals are the minerals that control the flow of water through the body. They make sure that it gets absorbed where it needs to get absorbed and excreted where it needs to get excreted. Um, so I will, I use a noon, um, N U U N I use noon every day, I put one tablet in my water in the morning when I'm at my most dehydrated to kind of help get me going. Um, so that's a common one that can be good for a lot of people, especially, um, you know, the more athletic ones who are, who are sweating a lot and getting their workouts in can be very beneficial. Um, and then the others that we talk about, you know, some people need kind of that, that, um, that fish oil supplement, that fatty acid sometimes, not always, um, B vitamins are big. If someone's digestion is having some problems, then we take a look at B vitamins. And then the other biggest one, um, especially with women and especially with hormone problems, is we look at zinc. So zinc is a very foundational nutrient. It, it, it has a direct um, purpose in the elimination and the conjugation of hormones. It, it acts in that process. It's needed to work in that process. It helps with our body's detoxification. It also is present 
in stomach acid and we need it to digest. And it's also very important to our menstrual cycle. Um, so those are the most common vitamins that we take a look at. Not everybody needs all of them. Um, every, some people need different amounts, um, but those are really kind of where I start. Most people, 80% of um, people are deficient in magnesium. So that is one that probably wouldn't hurt you um, to get started on. And then the very last one is vitamin D, especially for us up here in the Northeast where the sun just doesn't like, want to <laughs> come out. <laughs> vitamin D can be very important. Um, if you're having immune symptoms like allergies and stuff, then it's usually a key indicator that we need some vitamin D. Vitamin D helps with calcium uptake. So you can have all the calcium you want, but if you don't have vitamin D, you're not going to absorb it and use it. Um, so that's another important one to look at as well. So just a quick question because this is always something – well, two, I have a two-part question. Um, first of all, do – I want to know about the source of supplementation and does that matter? Like, should I be taking a powder? Should I be taking a pill? Does like, is there certain levels of supplementation that like I need to be buying? Like the best, is there a best? Like, great question. Where, yeah. Yeah. So sourcing, just like with your food, sourcing of your um, supplements, I do think is an important thing to pay attention to. Um, and, and it, and it, and here's the thing, right, is it's the same. Like if it can fit into your budget to buy some better quality supplements, that's great. Um, the best quality supplement isn't necessarily the one that's the most expensive. Um, so there are brands that I um, that I know and trust. I'm happy to um, list those off so you can link them in the show notes. Um, but I usually – like the Whole Foods brands are actually pretty solid. I do, um, you know, recommend those to clients. I take a few of those myself, like the 365 by Whole Foods. Whole Foods has a great selection um, in their supplement aisle. I can – like I get lost in that aisle for like 30, 30 minutes at a time just looking at all the different things. Um, in terms of like a pill versus a powder, that's a great question. That's actually not necessarily – I don't really, I don't know that I have the answer to that. Um, I mostly just use pills and uh, see the results that I need. Uh, I know some other, like I know magnesium commonly comes in a powder. Um, some things like zinc, like sometimes they come in like a topical, like you can apply it topically to the skin, um, which is cool too, because the skin's really good at absorbing and it goes directly to the bloodstream. So I think they all can have a place. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that one is strongly better than the other. Um, yeah, but sourcing is definitely important to pay attention to. I, in general, avoid like the drugstore brands, like the CVS, Walgreens. Like they tend to have a lot of additives and, and fillers in them. Like if you look at the ingredients. It's same thing with food, right? If you look at the ingredients and you're like, why are there 15 things on here when it's supposed to be a zinc pill? Like that's probably not the one you want to be taking. Um, so you want to see obviously the nutrient that you're looking for. And then there are going to be other ingredients like to make up the capsule, capsule like vegetable glucose or gelatin, things like that. That's fine. Um, but if it, there's a whole laundry list of weird shit in there, then you probably want to avoid that. Good looks. Um, okay, the second part to my question. Do I need to be taking a probiotic? I really <laughs> oh, we talked yeah. a lot about gut health in this 
episode and how imperative it is to the absorption, uh, the correct absorption of nutrients or maximizing your absorption. Like, do I need a probiotic? Because I got to know the answer to this. They got to know. Um, I would love to know the answer to this question too. <laughs> um, that's a great question. And that's a very big, it depends. I wouldn't say, do I need to be taking a probiotic? Um, I see more often that people need magnesium and B vitamins. Um, You can get the benefits of a probiotic by making sure to work in lots of good fermented foods, by making sure you're eating enough fiber, um, you know, eating your veggies every day, eating your one huge salad every day. Um, as, I'm just need some things, kimchi, Rachel. That's what you mean. Kimchi, I know. Right? Well, I just, I just <laughs> know, you know, probiotics are hot, and I they're they right are. up there with, you know, protein. And the minute that you hear like gut health is everything, like I think that that is the the supplement that people like most associate with gut health. Totally. And so, yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. I just want to know what to. I want to know what to do. I know. So I'm actually, I, I, maybe if you had caught me in another month, I'm doing a lot of research into this um, actually right now. I'm, I'm in the process of developing um, a course for people to have easier access to all this information, you know, if, if working one-on-one isn't necessarily in their budget. So I'm trying to put um, a lot of this stuff into, you know, an easy download for people. And so I am, I, I have taken a probiotic on and off. I am not taking one currently. I am debating going back on one. Um, and, and here's, here's why. So I I can, I, um, I got this stomach bug back in February and I can tell that things haven't been the same since like, and, uh, and then when quarantine started, I was going really hard on the sugar and the refined carbs and the alcohol. And I can like feel the take the, weren't we all girl? (laughs) So I can feel the toll it took on my gut. Um, and I know from work with my doctor that I have a history of less beneficial ben- bacteria growing in my gut. So I just took a round of something to kind of kill them all off. And I'll probably do a round of probiotic to help feed the good ones. Um, it's something, again, like there's there's mixed research on it right now is what I'll say. Like there's research that shows how beneficial they are. And then there's research that shows that they're just kind of like whatever. Um Will it hurt to take one? Probably not. Um, I think if you are doing a lot of the other things, eating the good foods, probably not necessary. And then the other thing I worry about is, you know, say we are not maybe doing the best things and then we're taking the probiotic, like are we then just feeding the bacteria that are less beneficial? Because then that's like a whole other problem we don't want to have. So I wish I had a more black and white answer for you on this. Um, it is something like it just depends. I don't know. Honestly, black and white answers make me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when we're talking about health, just because like I just feel like there are very few black and white answers totally. when we talk about how individual people are. So they actually make me uncomfortable. So I'm actually super comfortable with your answer. Great. And um, <laughs> I think that it's it's just. I don't know. Kelsey, is this your favorite episode ever? (laughs) I love this episode. I love this episode so much. I just think there are so – there's so much knowledge bombs here. There are so many actionable tips. Like I just feel like I have enough information for a year to just like, you know, and again, like 
for me, this is going to look different and how I'm going to, um, the things that I'm going to need are going to be different than the things you're going to need. But just that whole concept and that there are, you know, this, this vast array of choices for me that could maximize my health is just like, I don't know, it's just super exciting info. Great. And that's how I like to look at it too. I know it can can be kind of overwhelming. So I, I'd say like if you're listening and you're like, oh, I don't know where to start. Like start with the food and like and chew your food. And like you'll be better off probably. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then – and like, and feel free, please do your own, um, you know, ask questions of those giving you advice, do your own research. And like, but when you're doing your own research, pay attention to where that research is coming from, you know, look for scientific citation, pay attention to if the person who's writing this advice might have some type of bias, you know, if they're selling keto products and telling you, eat this keto way, like that, that should raise a question in your, in your head, right? Like, is this really going to be the most uh, unbiased information? Um, so that, yeah, if that, if I could just get that across to everybody, like you have the power to like take control and you can make your own decisions and like start simple, then we'll be good. A hundred percent. Trust yourself. Trust yourself. Like you know your body better than anyone else. So if you're eating something and you know that it has X, Y, and Z effects, if every bit of research tells you that it shouldn't, like, okay, (laughs) you're not living in my body. Right. So just trust yourself, right? It's your own individual journey. Totally. Awesome. Well, I think this episode will be super helpful for everyone listening in. And Chelsea, I want to give you a chance to tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can stalk you down. Sure. Totally. You're going to have a lot of new fans. Oh, great. So um, you, my, uh, my biggest blueprint right now is on Instagram. You can find me at Chelsea, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, and then the letter K, and then my last name, Mancini, M-A-N-C-I-N-I. Um, I have my website is chelseamancini.com. I've got some blogs up there on vitamin D and cravings and, you know, some basic things. Um, and I've got more content coming. Um, and then I'm in the process of getting all my stuff up onto YouTube as well. Um, I ran a free series where I kind of broke down a lot of this complex nutrition stuff. And so you'll find those episodes on my Instagram um, or if you search me on YouTube. Um, and then I do partner um, with Blake over at Move, uh, Move, Moving Over Everything. Um, so I do nutritional therapy through him as well. Um, but you can find me. Yeah, those are the main places, any of those places. Fantastic. I think you'll have um, some, some. Yeah, we'll definitely know. link. We'll definitely link all of Chelsea's um, sources in the show notes so you can check out her website and check out her um, Instagram and learn, you know, more about nutrition because it is a vast field of knowledge. And um, if you can get the right people that you trust giving you advice, it's it can make such a huge difference. Totally. And I'm, I'm working hard on getting this course built. Um, I'm really trying to take advantage of this time during quarantine to to put it together so that it can just be um, more easily accessible. So it's going to be a course. Uh, the focus is, is how to heal your skin, stomach, and energy levels through supporting your digestion and eating real food. So that should hopefully be coming out soon. Um, and if you are interested and you want more info, then yeah, find me on Instagram and, and you'll have that info. 
Awesome. Chelsea, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Amazing I, episode. Thank you so much for, ha- for having me. And if anyone has any more questions, I can talk about this stuff all day. Awesome. Yes, girl. <laughs> all right, ladies. We'll have an awesome week. Hope you really enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, head over to the Facebook group and take part in our free weekly workouts for a chance to win some badass gear. Search Fitness Programming by CVG on Facebook. We're in there every day. It's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. See you next week. Crush your goals.